Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. We've been working for, uh, for two months preparing for today, and this is their fourth time going through everything, not counting practices in the last two days. So give it up one more time for all of them. <clears throat> it's, it has been a week. Has anybody just had one of those weeks where it has been like a week? Okay, just me. But, uh, but, but it has been a, a week. We've had all kinds of things going on. And, and it's, it's funny how things happen. Like three, three of the main singers all got colds this week, myself included. I sound like amazing. And, and, uh, and then first service this morning, our, our piano player fainted in the middle of the salvation prayer. That was exciting. The Lord was moving. Um, She's okay, but she couldn't play with us tonight. And, and so anyway, it's just, it's just been a week. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. I thank you for everybody who's here. And God, I, I just thank you that we get the opportunity to worship you the way that we do. We get the opportunity to join together and to be in your presence, God, and, and to just give you glory for who you are. And I pray that, that this whole thing, this whole weekend, and this whole holiday is one where we put a focus on really glorifying you and praising you and, and thanking you for what you did by sending your son Jesus for us. God, we are so grateful. We are so thankful. And Father, I pray today as we get into your word that you speak to our hearts. Give us ears that hear, hearts that understand. Lord, and give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> so a couple weeks ago, we are having a, a practice for this service. And and we actually had a different song lined up instead of Noel going into the, the message. But that night, we decided to change it to Noel. And, and so we're, here we are, we're at practice, and we're, we're talking about the songs. And one of the band members, we like in a break, and he, and he says, um, d- does anybody here know what Noel means? Does anybody here know what Noel means? Like, like, we're like, wait a second. I don't think I've ever thought about what Noel means. And so, so we, we started to have this conversation, of course, and phones got out. Does anybody here, for real, real question, does anybody here know what Noel means? Raise your hand up if you know what the word Noel means, if you, if you haven't. Oh, wait, I got you in first service today. What's it mean? Christmas. That is what the definition is in the dictionary. The word Noel simply means Christmas. And so I started thinking about this song. So the song we just sang, if if we just want to put this into context, is Christmas, 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 born is the king of Israel. Like, that makes no sense at all. Like, why would that be, I mean, do you agree that makes no sense? Like, what, why, would, why would somebody write a song and, and put together a chorus that doesn't even make sense? And so I was like, th- there has to be more meaning to the word Noel. I mean, Pastor Chris's granddaughter is named Noel, and she didn't even know what Noel meant. That's right, you're not the, so hopefully they know, that, that'll be trivia over Christmas. You should be like, okay now, so what did you name her for? Um, but, uh, but anyway, so digging deeper into this word Noel, um, I, found, I found some answers. So our modern English word Noel, N-O-E-L, it comes from 
an, like, well, what's it say? I want to get it right. It comes from the Middle English word, nowell, N-O-W-E-L, sometimes N-O-W-E-L-L, which Webster's Dictionary from 1828 <laughs> defines it as a shout for joy. A shout for joy. A shout for joy. Is anybody like, oh, oh. Like, so that makes more sense, right? A shout for joy. So instead of it being Christmas, Christmas, it, it's different. It's, it's, a, it's a shout for joy that Jesus is born, right? So, so, so actually, if you look at a lot of um, the, the carols that were written in the Middle Ages that surrounded this holiday, they started out with the word Noel, because they wanted people to know that they were proclaiming with joy that Jesus was born. So I want to do something tonight. I want to proclaim with joy that Jesus was born. So we're going to do something. I'm going to ask you to shout for joy, and then I will say, he is born. And so, so, here, so on the count of three, I want to hear you just give it the best, like, whoa, you got. All right, so ready? One, two, three. Our king is born. Let's let's try that. Let's do. We can do better than that. I want more of a woo. I mean, we should really be excited about this. All right. So, so let's uh, let's let's try it again. One, two, three. Jesus is born. Mm. This makes you feel better, doesn't it? Like, we should be that excited. So when we, so we actually sing, a shout of joy, a shout of joy. I am shouting for joy. I shout for joy. Born is the king of Israel. Right? We're excited about it. We should be excited about it. But why should we be excited about it? What's the point of Noel, of shouting for joy that Jesus is born? What's the point? Why is that a big deal? The word is very clear about why it's a big deal that Jesus was born. And that's what I want to talk about today. The truth of the matter is, is that you in your life, you are, you are in a war. Everybody say, I'm in a war. And you might, you might actually not feel that way. You might be like, what are you talking about? I'm in a war. Well, you are, you, there is a battle going on right now over each one of your individual lives. There is a battle that is happening that, that is being fought over your eternity, over your soul. And, and, and so the reason we shout for joy is because Jesus was sent to win the war. Okay, and the Bible is really clear on this. And so what I want to do is I want to look at just a couple scriptures tonight, and I want to break down and explain what the Bible says about how you win the war in your life and how this is going to happen. So the first scripture I want to use is in the New Testament. It's 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3. Now, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth, okay? So these are people who are in church. They, they, many of them, I'm sure, have already made Jesus Lord of their life or made that declaration in their life. And so he's writing this as some instruction uh, to the people in Corinth. So he, he starts out in verse 3. He says this. He says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage what? War. 
We do not wage war as the world does. Now, I just want to be clear. If you here tonight are like, I don't know about this war thing. I'm not going through a war in my life. This is a letter to the Corinthians from Paul, but the Lord wanted it to be in the Word so that you and I could understand that there's a war going on. There is a war that is being raged or waged for your life. Verse 4, he could, or 4, I said, did 3 and I said 4. Um, it, it says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What is that really talking about? There's, you could go a lot of different directions, but what it says to me is that this is not a war where you're literally seeing a battle physically in your life in front of you. This is not something where you're, you know, you're actually seeing you know, like, like warriors with swords or guns or drones flying over, obviously, in your life, but it's a, it's a different kind of battle that's happening spiritually spiritually over you, a battle that, that has to do with strongholds in your life and, and powers and principalities and things like that that, are, that, are, that have a hold of your life. And so this is a different kind of war. And then in verse 5, he writes this. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Say obedient. I think that is really important to understand that it doesn't say we take captive every thought to make it obedient to ourselves. We take those thoughts captive to make them obedient to Christ. This shows us that ultimately the winner of the war, ultimately the authority over it all, is not you or I. It's Christ. And the thing is, is why, why would Paul even need to write that? Why do you and I need to hear that? I mean, if we've made Jesus Lord of our life, if we've already said, hey, I love you, Lord, and I want you to, to rule in my life, then why would I need to hear that? It's because even though we may have made that decision in our life or said that we made that decision, many of us are trying to fight the war on our own. We are trying to fight the battle on our own. We are not letting God lead. We are trying to do it without Christ. And we can't do that. We, you cannot win without Christ. And that's why we shout for joy or we know well that Jesus was born. Because Jesus is the war winner. He is the war winner. He is the secret weapon. Only Jesus has the authority to win the war. Only Jesus has the power to win the war. And I think many of us, if we were honest with ourselves... We're trying to fight for ourselves. We think we can face the fight and that we can win without him. And the truth is, we can't. We are not winners. Say that with me. I am not a winner. I am not a winner. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I don't mean that to be a downer. I, I want you to say that because we need to understand this truth. That we cannot win the war over our lives by ourselves. And when we can grab hold of that truth and accept that truth, that is when we can begin to trust God. Because as long as you feel as though you can do it on your own, you will never be in a place where you feel like you need to trust God. You will always rely on yourself. 
You will always rely on your own ability. You'll always rely on the reality that you think is right in front of you. By the way, your reality is different than somebody else's reality and is often different than God's real reality. He he is the war winner. And, and, And so... What I like to do whenever I'm, I'm preaching or preaching, teaching on a subject is I like to, if I can, I really like to uh, find a place in the New Testament where it talks about it. I like to find a place in the Old Testament where it talks about it, the, the before Christ part of the Bible. And then I like, if I can, I really like to find scripture where Jesus himself uh, says and, and relates to the concept that we're talking about. So, in, in John 16, Jesus himself says this to his disciples. Now, when it says, or when it's talking about Jesus sharing things with his disciples, did you know that you and I are disciples as well? If you have made the choice to make Jesus Lord of your life, you are a disciple. These guys, they made a choice to, to call Jesus Lord, to make him Lord of their life. And their whole walk with him was changing them from the inside out. That is what God wants you to do. And so everybody say, I am a disciple. Okay, so this is, this is not only for those guys back then, but this is, these are words for us to understand. So John 16, Jesus says this. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Everybody say, in me. And then he says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now that is a powerful scripture. And, and when you just read through something really fast, sometimes you miss the meat of what it's trying to say to you. So I want to break this down into three different pieces to kind of explain what Jesus is saying and how it relates to where I'm going. The first thing he says is that he is the peace giver. He is the one who brings peace. And he says specifically that in me you may have peace. I want to point out that he says in me. He doesn't say as a result of me. He doesn't say, because of me. He doesn't say, if you apply me like sunscreen, I will bring peace to you. He doesn't say anything like that. What it says is that in me, you may have peace. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, there's the book of Isaiah, and and this was a book written by the prophet Isaiah. God uh, would would basically download information right to men back then, men and, and women, and he would and they were prophets, and they would be able to um, to share the word of God with people. And so they so Isaiah writes this about Jesus. He says that Jesus is, or that the Messiah would be, who is Jesus, would be the Prince of Peace. Everybody say Prince of Peace. I have you repeat things because I would like you to remember them. A prince is somebody who is going to rule or currently is in a position of ruling. So if we were to take literally what, what Isaiah says about Jesus, Jesus is the one who is supposed to rule in our lives, and the way he will rule is in a peaceful way. He will it's not, he doesn't, it's not a produce peace. It's a he rules in peace, just like in him you may find peace. He rules in a way of peace. So if Jesus rules or is the source of your life, he will rule in your life or lead you in your life or direct you in your life in a peaceful way. 
And, and I think what, what is really important is Jesus didn't just stop there by saying, I'm the peace guy. Instead, he right away, the very next words says, the second part is, in this world you will have trouble. He addresses it directly. Because the truth is, is when we hear, so many people get, accept the Lord because they hear that if they accept him, they will have peace in their life. And they will no longer have any trouble. But Jesus says, wait a second, in me you will find peace, or you may find peace. But in this world, there is still trouble. And, and the reality is, is that people who are trying to win the war themselves, when they run into trouble, they tend to blame God instead of going to God for help. If you're trying to be the ruler of your own life, when you go into hard times, it's easier to say, I'm mad at you, God, instead of, I love you, God. And so uh, what, what I like to say, and what I said earlier, is if you want a real test of who's ruling your life, if you want to know, am I, am I really you know, submitting to God and allowing him to rule my life, when you get into situations of trouble and you in your heart are thinking about how you're going to solve that problem or how you're going to get through it to the other side, if the solution involves anything negative, anxiety, fear, depression, anger, hatred, malice, jealousy, greed, any of those things, if those are the way that you're going to fix the problem, you are not being led by God. You are not allowing him to rule your life because he's the prince of peace. And in him we find peace. If, if, if Jesus is ruling your life, then the solution to the trouble is peace. And it's, and it's conveyed to you in a way that is peaceful, and it will result in peace in your life. So how do we experience this peace that Jesus promised? How do we experience that in the world of trouble and problems? It's the last part of what he said. But take heart. I have overcome the world. How do we have peace? How do we not, how do we not go through life in fear? I mean, my goodness, we look at, you look at the news for five minutes when you get home today and you will not have peace in your heart. And unless you understand that Jesus has already overcome all that stuff, that Jesus has already overcome everything that you face in your life, if you will trust that he's already overcome it, you can have ultimate peace in your life. Because you don't have to fight the fight. He wants to fight the fight. When we begin to understand that this battle is not our own, that this battle is one that God, Jesus himself, wants to fight for you, that you can lay your weapons down and allow him to take care of the situation, you can have real inner peace. You can have real peace in your life. And that's the point you, where you can get to where you trust him all the time. And where you can say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I trust in my God, that I'm living for my God, and that I'm, I'm, I'm a real disciple of God. I just want to take a minute. Everybody close your eyes. I'm not going to pray yet, but I just want you to close your eyes and think for a moment. I want you to ask yourself this question. Just ask yourself, what is God saying to me today? Not what is Ross saying to me. What is God's word, what is God saying to me today about who is in control of my life, about who is ruling in my life? Think about your situation, because the truth is, yeah, there's some people in here who feel like 
there's no war going on. Everything's good. But the truth is, there's probably a whole lot more people in this room who feel like they're going through a war, that they're in a battle. In the midst of that battle, in the midst of that trouble in your life, the solution that you feel in your heart, is it one of peace? Or is that solution one that is being led by the world? In the Bible, it says that the world right now is being ruled by the devil himself, that he goes around like a roaring lion, that he's trying to bring trouble into your life. He's trying to bring pain into your life. And if you will allow him to rule, you're just going to continue to go through those kind of things, those struggles. But if you will say, I trust in you, God, I give you I give you leadership of my life. I allow you to rule. I'm making you the source of my life. You can start today living a life of peace. Not because all your problems are fixed, but you know that, there, that you serve a God who's already overcome all your problems. All you have to do is trust in Him. Father, I thank you for each and every individual here, each life that you created so perfectly, so wonderfully whether they feel that way right now or not. Lord, I pray that you're speaking to their heart and to their soul about how important they are to you. Lord, I pray you're speaking to their heart about how much you love them, about how much you desire relationship with them, about how you want them to be your son or your daughter, part of your family, living out your legacy, living out their destiny that you have created. Father, and speak to them about how valuable they are how much they matter to you and how important they are in your plan that they are not insignificant but they are incredibly significant and Lord let them know in in their heart of hearts that the war is already over that you have already overcome the world you've already overcome their circumstance if they will just give that over to you and allow you to rule it you to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty God over that situation that that they don't have to fight the fight anymore. I thank you, Father. I praise you this evening for what you're doing in our lives, what you're going to do in our futures. We're going to sing a song here. And the song is called The War Is Over. And as we sing it, I think Abby's going to invite you to stand up in a minute. I want you to sing the words or to read the words along with us. Because this song is all about what Jesus has done for us. This is all about the fact that the war is over and that it's time for us to lay our weapons down. Because He is the one who's made a way. Just focus on Jesus for a minute. Focus on the incredible truth that we have a God that loved us so much that he he sent his son. That this time of year we celebrate that, that God, that God himself sent his son, Jesus, here. So that we could experience forgiveness and mercy and grace and eternal life as co-heirs with Christ. As, as children of God. Done. All the battles already won. 
glorify you tonight, Father. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. Almighty God, everlasting Father. With everybody's eyes closed, if you're here tonight and you have never made Jesus Lord of your life, and tonight you want to, you want to let him rule and reign in your life from today on. You want to go through experiencing everything I talked about during my teaching. Allowing him to rule in peace. Allowing him to fight the battle in your life. To win the war. I want to give you that opportunity to say yes to God. To say, I, I want you to rule, God. But also if you're here and maybe you said that in the past, but you know you never really allowed him to rule. You never really allowed him to take that position of authority in your life. And you want to do that tonight. This is all one in the same. When I ask in just a moment, if you want to let him rule, just lift your hand up. But this is you making the choice to say, God, I will lay down my, my weapons. I will choose not to be the one to try to lead the fight, and I'll allow you to lead. So if that's you and you want to let him rule in your life, you want to make him Lord, make him Father, and experience the life that he has for you, the direction he has for you right now. Raise your hand up high. Is there anybody who would like to make that decision? Awesome. I see those hands. The Bible says that he will draw near to us as we draw near to him. If he's calling to you, make the choice to draw near to him. say a prayer in just a moment. In the, in the word it says that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, that he really is God, that we'll be saved. So we're going to say a prayer and this is you making the decision, saying out loud that you want to make him Lord of your life. But the next part, the heart part, that's the harder part. That's the part where Jesus says there will be trouble. But when you run into that trouble, know that I am God. Know that I have overcome. Come to me and allow me to lead you in peace, in love, in joy. Let me win the war. So we're going to say this prayer. Just repeat this after me and we'll, get, we'll, we'll join you and welcome you in to the, the family of Christ tonight. Say this with me. Say, Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to defeat the grave, and to rise again so that I could be saved, so that the war could be won. I was a sinner, and I have struggled with sin, but today I'm different. I'm a new creation, a child of God, redeemed, remastered. I make you Lord of my life and I choose to let you rule. Speak to me and lead me and guide me from this day on the rest of my life. In 
Jesus' name. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.